My message today is entitled, He Leads Us. With all that ails our world today, we know that God is the answer. The question becomes, how can God use us as part of that answer? In fact, how can He use each and every one of us to advance His kingdom in the earth today? In fact, we might even wonder, will God use us? Or are we, are we too small? Are we past our prime? Are we too far removed from the front lines? Well, there's some things about God and His call that we must understand how He leads us, each and every one of us. Since we've been here, we've seen God do great things at First Church. With you, with us, with the community, connecting us to other churches and other programs and people and lives changed. And we see God doing great things. But we need to understand how He leads us to take that next step. Why does God call certain people into His selective service? For instance, why did God choose Moses of all people to lead His people out of bondage in Egypt? The answer may surprise you. Certainly God had set apart Moses for this purpose, but when the call came, Moses was living a very simple life. I will tell you that God sees things in us, in every one of us, that we don't see. In fact, many people around us don't even see it either, but God sees it. God has a different perspective that I want to talk about today. See, too often we judge the success of people's lives by their mountaintop experiences. You know how when a speaker gets up to speak and someone does an introduction and they tell you all the accomplishments that person does and then they begin? Or you go for a job and you share a resume of all these great things you did to see if they'll hire you? Well, God doesn't judge us by our mountaintop experiences. And He didn't judge Moses when He called him as such. Moses is revered and remembered by his highlight events of parting the Red Sea and receiving the Ten Commandments. However, the true making of Moses as a leader happened early on in the journey before he ever went face to face with Pharaoh. When Moses first encountered God, it wasn't because he was an anointed prophet. It wasn't because he was in the middle of an intensive 40-day fast seeking God's presence. Actually, the Lord appeared to Moses while he was serving his father-in-law, Jethro, tending the flock. Moses was taking care of business. While he was serving, God called him. Moses is just one of many examples of someone called by God while he was serving others in very basic ways. David was called by God to defeat Goliath while he was delivering cheese to his brothers. God called these two different men to do extraordinary things while they were serving their families in very ordinary ways. The truth is that God still calls men and women and children today to do extraordinary things. 
However, many people miss their calling because they aren't expecting God to move through the mundane and the routine times of life. With David and Moses, it was different. Both of these men were serving with their eyes and their ears open. They were looking and listening and expecting God to show up. He always does, just not usually in the way that we expect Him. We need to be doing the same thing today, or we will miss the God opportunities that present themselves to us on a daily basis. While Moses was tending the flock, God got His attention in an amazing way. Exodus 3, verse 2. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So Moses looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Verse 3, Then Moses said, I will now turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. Depending on how intent we are in our service and preoccupation with life, God has to first get our attention. Sometimes that getting our attention is something that startles us or something that's unfair or something that draws us out of the normal, but many times that first thing is to just to get our attention. He caught Moses' attention by appearing to him through a burning bush. Yet the part that really intrigued Moses was that the bush was not being consumed in the process. Many times God will speak to us through events and happenings that beg us to ask questions. If we're too afraid or we're too busy to ask and to draw closer, then we miss the very opportunities that He sets before us each and every day. As Moses pressed in now to examine this situation, he was doing more than just observing a supernatural phenomenon. He was learning a valuable nugget on his wisdom in his journey with God. You see, when we burn with godly fear or godly passion or godly purpose, we won't be consumed. It's only when we burn with anger or burn with fear or burn with revenge or a need to prove something that we get consumed and we burn out. If we are to walk out the promises that God calls us to begin, then we need to burn with godly fire, a godly passion. In other words, our motivation must be for God and to increase His kingdom in the earth, not ours. Exodus 3, verse 5. Then He said, Do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. See, the next lesson that Moses learns is the absolute necessity to remove anything that gets in the way between God and us. That's why we spend time in repentance. That's why we spend time examining ourselves, which we're going to do today for communion a little bit later. We want to make sure that nothing is between us and God. Nothing is getting in the way. You see, God wants us to be the point of contact. Not our excuses. Not our insecurities or our fears. Too many times we mix the call of God with our feelings or our fears 
or our two cents? Do we really think that we can actually help to make God's plan better? Yet we try whenever we let our opinions be our point of contact instead of our obedience. When God asks you to do something, do you always have an opinion? Your flesh does. It's whether or not you give your flesh voice. When God asks you to do something that doesn't, it doesn't seem like makes sense, it's because God's given it from the supernatural, not from the natural. And if we just obey Him and obey His words and obey the promptings of our spirit, we would see things change in our life as God is allowed to lead us. But when we give our opinions, our opinions become that point of contact and not us. In a sense, we muddy the waters and dilute the message of God. So the first step we must take is to remove any barriers, any excuses that would keep us from God. God would ask you, will you be His point of contact? Exodus 3, verse 6. Moreover, He said, I am the God of your father the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. See, as God begins to speak and state who He is, Moses draws back and hides his face. Why? Well, condemned by his sin, Moses could not look to God. See, Moses had run away because he had killed a man. He had run away to his father-in-law Jethro's. And like like all of us, because we all sin, Moses was condemned by his sin. He feared the presence of a holy and righteous and perfect God. Yet this is precisely the response that is often missing this day. The Bible tells us that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Those who understand this are very humble in His presence. Humility comes from realizing that we all have sinned. We all have missed the mark that God has set for us. A reverent fear for God takes into account that we are sinful beings appearing before a holy God. Those who don't understand this demand that God do things for them. They ask God to supply their needs and to supply their every wish as if He were a Santa Claus in the sky. Yet if we desire to be used by God, we must begin with humility. We must know our place before a holy God and honor Him as such. I know many things are changing in the church today. I hope that we do not forget the reverence before God what keeps our heart pure before God. Exodus 3, verse 7. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of My people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. For I know their sorrows. We can find comfort in the fact that God sees, that He hears, and He knows He truly knows how to communicate with us and how to speak our language. He knows what you need to hear at the time when you need to hear it. Whether it's a gentle whisper, whether it's a strong reassurance, 
whether it's a kick in the behind to go in the other direction. God knows where we're at. We all speak different languages, and He knows each of us and what we need to hear to continue to follow Him. Before He can use us, He goes to work at delivering us from any bondage that we are in. Whether that bondage be shame or condemnation or fear or anxiety or sadness or doubt. In doing so, God knows the first need of our heart is to first to be heard, to be understood. Do you know what I mean? When you talk with someone and you're letting it all out, you don't want them to fix you. You just want to be heard. God knows that. And He would tell you the first thing is that He listens to you. Just like He heard their sorrows. If you've been wounded by life's troubles, there is hope. Before you take another step, God wants to know that He sees your condition and He hears your cry. It is this genuine compassion that moves God to bring healing to you. Will you trust Him? Exodus 3, verse 8. So I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up from that land and to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey. You see, after God reaches us with compassion, He brings the good news that He will deliver us. And in this passage, He does this by bridging the gap between the from and the to. We need to understand what we are being delivered from so that we don't fall back into the same bondage under which we've been held. Immediate deliverance is not always the answer. If I went to God, how come God hasn't delivered me? How come He hasn't changed things right away? I trusted God and things are still a mess. How come God doesn't deliver immediately? There is a reason. God knows what we need to prevent us from wandering back into the same area again. He gives us the wisdom to know what has kept us back. If we don't know what we're coming from, how we know that we're not back in it? When we understand the bondage we are coming from, we will be able to follow the path to freedom where God calls us. Too often people get stuck in the middle of this process and eventually they fall back into the same mess from which they left. For example, some people who leave abusive relationships fall back into the same pattern of abuse again and again. Why is that? It's because they're more, more focused on running from an area without ever discerning the root within themselves that kept them there. And therefore, they're unable to discern where they are running to. Sometimes that root is an unhealthy need to be needed. A feeling of inferiority. Whatever it may be, God wants to heal us so that He can take us forward. Each of us. God wants to bring all of us to a place flowing with His love and His grace. When we take the time to find the root with His guidance, without shame, allowing God to remove it, the flow is unkinked and unrestricted. 
And now God can flow through us freely and lead us to a place of freedom. Once we make it a priority to remove any barrier which keeps us from hearing and receiving from God, He reveals more clues to us about His character and His authority. Exodus 3.14 God said to Moses, I am who I am. And He said, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. God sees Himself as I am. Always in the present tense. In fact, the Bible tells us that He is our ever-present help in time of need. God alone is complete and perfect. Though our circumstances and our feelings come and go, God does not change. He is the true I Am and always will be. Yet for Moses, the first step of faith proved to be too much without a physical sign for assurance. So God told him to cast his staff on the ground. And when he did it, it became a serpent, a snake. Exodus 4, verse 4, Then the Lord said to him, Reach out your hand and take it by the tail. So Moses reached out and took hold of the snake and turned it back into a staff in his hand. For Moses and for us, this is more than a physical sign. It's another lesson on the journey. Before we can walk in God's authority, He asks us, what are we holding on to? For many, it's the need to be in control, in control of our lives. We cannot proceed until we let go of our control. See, many people are never able to go to that next step with God because they're afraid to give the reins of their life over to God. They're afraid to give up their will. They're afraid to give up control. When you hold on to control, it bites you. But when you let it go, you master it. Because you learn to give your will to God. And now He can lead you because He knows even more than you exactly where you are and where He can use you in His perfect plan. God was not finished with Moses' preparation just yet, though. Next, he told Moses to put his hand inside his cloak and then remove it. And when he did, Moses' hand appeared leprous, like snow. Exodus 4, verse 7, Now put, your, put it back into your cloak, God said. So Moses put his hand back into his cloak, and when he took it out, it was restored like the rest of his flesh. Once again, Moses gains more than just a physical sign of God's authority and of God's power. Through this figurative act, God gave Moses a first-hand experience. Have you ever wondered why God allows us to go through so many trials and so many difficulties? And why He doesn't deliver us more quickly? The fact is that our witness is strengthened when we have gone through the valley trusting God and have come out victorious. Unfortunately for Moses and for us, there are often doubts that attack before the first step of faith can be made. Though God gave assurances in both word and action, Moses' last stalling point 
is a, something that we do all the time when God calls us to do great things or just to uh, simply obey Him. His last stalling point was to draw attention to Himself and to His inadequacies. Exodus 4, verse 10. Then Moses said to the Lord, Oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. As we look at this interchange a little deeper, it's important to see that Moses wasn't just doubting himself and thereby doubting God's call on his life. He was, in fact, missing the whole lesson of learning through the journey. Moses upsets God when he judges himself for his current condition. The truth is that God is not finished working on Moses and God is not finished working on any of us, any of you. When God calls us to do great things for Him, His confidence is in us is based on the fact that as we trust Him and begin walking with Him, He's going to equip us along the way. See, too many times God calls us to do something or to go share Christ with someone or to go serve in an area or to step out of our comfort zones and we look at ourselves where we are in our current condition and we say, I can't. And God says, I'm calling you to go forward and as you go forward, I'm going to equip you and I'm going to give you what you need and supply your needs on the way. But too many times we're afraid to step out because we look at where we are in our current condition. If we only judge ourselves in our current condition, we will never take that first step of faith. Moses almost missed out on the greatest opportunity of his life because he judged his ability under the light of his current situation instead of trusting God. You may not have caught it in this passage, but if you look again, you'll see where Moses got off track. He said, I am not eloquent. I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. Moses referred to himself as I am. It's incredibly detrimental when we see ourselves as I am because we stunt our growth and we base our decisions for moving forward on what we see in ourselves right now. The only way we can break through this mentality is by seeing ourselves as a work in progress under the grace of God, just like His Word tells us that we are. In fact, our memory verse today is Philippians 1.6. It says that we are to be confident of this very thing, that He who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. We should never place our confidence in who we are today, but rather who we are in Christ. And who we are when we trust Him and begin walking by faith. Faith sees ahead. It doesn't look at right now. God sees your future. He doesn't say, what your, what your limitations are right now. He says, with me, we can do all things. With God, all things are possible. With God, I can take that step of faith. And so when God calls me, He sees what I can be with Him as I walk forward. 
Not just while I'm sitting in my seat waiting for a sign. It's clear that God will be the one who completes us as we follow Him. I just got to trust Him day by day, simple task, serving God. And God, as His Word says, will complete us. If you've been stalling, waiting around for another sign from God, there's a good chance it may never come. God has already called us to do great things. Our job is to trust Him enough to take that first step. Knowing that when we begin the journey, God will equip us for every challenge that lies ahead. That may be surprises to us, but God knew that speed bump was there. God knew that angry conversation was there. God knew that temptation was there. But God says, I'm going to bring you through. I brought you from, and I'm going to take you to. But God says, trust me, because your eyes will deceive you. That's why we need to walk by faith and not by sight. That's why we need one another. So I want to thank you, first of all. I know not everyone can come to church in these times. But for those who have been faithful, I thank you for that, because we need your gift. We need your presence. We need your prayers. We need your encouragement. We're going to start sharing some testimonies here. In fact, next week there's a fantastic testimony. My wife's going to give her testimony next week. (laughs) All of us have a testimony where God has done something in our lives that has changed us or has kept us continuing on following God. And that's what builds us up as a church. We We kind of fan the flame. We need one another, especially in these times. God's not finished with any one of us. And as we share what God's doing in our lives, it brings encouragement to those as well. We are a church. We are a family. We thank God that God has brought us to this family. We have to stop operating in the I am perspective, judging ourselves by where we currently stand. If we truly are going to walk by faith and not by sight, then we need to realize that God sees things in us that we can't see yet. When God called Moses, He didn't see a timid person who ran away to his father-in-law. He saw a God-fearing, bold leader who would one day lead His people out of bondage. When you consider how could God possibly use you, don't worry about what you'll do or what you'll say in the moment when He calls you into a service. Remember the Spirit of God will be with you every step, even as He was with Moses. Exodus 4.12 Now therefore go, and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall say. God says just trust Him. Get His Word. Get His Word down deep in your heart. Go forward and trust God. You won't have all the answers. If you did, you would go your own way. You won't have the answers when you begin your journey, but as you start walking, you'll be equipped along the way. God will be with you, teaching you what you should say and what you should do. Trust Him and enjoy the journey. I don't know if you've seen, I just thought came to my mind, but 
if you've seen the Marvel Avenger movies, and our movies have changed over the time, but the recent, most recent one was the Iron Man. It used to be, remember Superman when he'd, he'd, he'd have to run into a phone booth and change? And people either put on their costumes. But now people just start flying. As they're flying, their, their suit assembles around them. But Iron Man. I'm going and just call it out and it assembles around. It's, 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 it's a, I think it's an analogy to what God does to us. God says jump. Begin walking. Begin running. As you do, I will assemble you. I will assemble your armor. I will equip you with what you need. But you're not going to have it until you jump. Are you willing to take that step of faith and trust that God's going to equip you with what you need and wrap you up with wisdom and discernment and to bring people alongside of you and give you what you need to accomplish His task? I fully believe that God is doing great things through this church, through us, through every single one of us. And if we can get a hold of this message as He led Moses, we're going to see people's lives changed. We're going to see Life changed as God flows to us and through us and into this world. Jesus is our hope. Amen? Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your wisdom. We thank You for Your love. We thank You that You see things in us that we don't see. Help us to be okay with that. Help us to trust You in Your perspective. Give us Courage to stand on Your Word of truth and Your Word of promise so that we can take that step. Heal us, Lord. Forgive us for judging ourselves by basically just what we see. May we all allow You to lead us. In Jesus' name, Amen.